Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 20 minutes to the top of the hour. You're listening to Night Talk. My name is Oliver Dixon. Thank you so much for your time this evening. I really do appreciate it. Healthcare is a problem in South Africa. We all know that, right? And so how does the government intend on fixing it? Well, they intend on running public healthcare like private healthcare, but for everybody. How do they envision to do that? Well, there will be a fund called the National Health Insurance Fund. And this fund will, you know, of course, uh, fund it and capitalize by taxpayers' money and by the fiscus. This fund will, like a administrator or medical scheme administrator, buy health care on behalf of all citizens. What does that mean? It means that if you as a South African citizen fall sick or you need medical attention, you can go to your nearest doctor, your nearest clinic, your nearest hospital, um, whatever that institution may be, public or private. You will get there and you will not have to worry about the cost of your medical care. Uh, you will receive the medical care and the medical attention and the government will pay the medical service provider, whatever the costs may have been. The government will pay them through the NHI, of course, but they must be contracted to the NHI. So that means you as a person that may not have medic, uh, private medical aid, may be able to access a private doctor or a private hospital, and the NHI will pay for it. But what about those who already do have private medical aid or private medical cover? What about them? What happens to them? Well, they can retain their private medical aid schemes. Uh, they can re re retain that uh, medical aid, or they can retain or stay on as members of those medical schemes. Uh, but they can make use of the NHI as well. The only instances that they will have to make use of their private medical aid scheme or their private medical aid benefit is when they need medical services or medical products that are not covered in the NHI. That is to say, if it is not considered life-saving medical treatment, whatever the case may be, if it's cosmetic surgery for its own sake, for cosmetic purposes and not necessarily for medical purposes, those sorts of things the NHI will not cover, uh, and you can pay for it using your private medical aid. That's effectively what we know the NHI model as proposed to be. Can we afford it? How exactly will the NHI fund be capitalized? Is there enough money for it? And these are all the questions that we've been asking and that uh, stakeholders across the value chain have been asking. And there's worries about the lack of clarity in the bill about some of these sort of questions. But to help us make sense of it is Professor Alex van der Heffer, who is the chair in the field of Social Security Systems Administration and Management Studies at the Witts School of Governance. Tomorrow, the NCOP will have to consider the NHI bill in its current form and vote on it. They've been asked uh, to not vote on it just yet by Business Unity South Africa. And so far, we know of four provinces that have raised concerns. And we know of the Western Cape as a province that have outrightly rejected the bill. That is to say, should a vote happen tomorrow, they will not vote for the bill. But what really are the concerns of the NHI that have been raised against the current formation, both in substance and in form. Uh, Alex, good evening. Thank you so much for your time once again. Really appreciate your time. Good evening. Yeah. What are the concerns, Alex? Um, <laughs> large part of the concerns are that the, the framework, as you've proposed, that is unrealizable. Um, the, nobody is going to be able to access private care 
from the NHI fund. There aren't enough beds. There aren't enough service providers in South Africa. Uh, the state already offers a service which is funded for free. It already runs that arrangement. Yeah. Nothing is really going to change from that. There is going to. There cannot be. There's no feasible framework that can allow people to suddenly have what uh, um, it, it, what would effectively be fully private care in South Africa. It just is not affordable at a national level for 60 million people. Yeah. So the uh, as it stands now. There's a very substantial sort of the, the there's a very substantial transfer from higher income groups to fund the roughly 4.1 to 4.2 percent of GDP spent in the state on public health care. That's not going to change. There is no feasible way that that is going to suddenly increase. Um, and there is also no way in which the medical scheme system is going to cease to exist. So part of the problem with this framework is it's largely a and it's not feasible from an institutional perspective and it's mm. not feasible from a fiscal perspective. And the approach that they've adopted, which is to say that they're going to somehow be able to surmount the massive obstacles that would be required to not only overcome the, the, uh, the financial, uh, say the resource implications of what's proposed, but to actually be able to intelligently, intelligently purchase healthcare services across the sectors when they're not able to purchase healthcare services now effectively. So the state already is buying healthcare services, uh, mm. but uh, it is doing them in such a way that the state is actually, it is, the public health services are degrading. And that is an important indicator of the potential success of this kind of framework. There is yeah. nothing that is proposed that will actually change anything that is in operation at this point in time. And I think that quite a lot of people are extremely concerned about the focus on these proposals because they just don't, they just haven't been thought through effectively. But yeah. they propose to do quite a lot of damage to both the provincial health services as well as to the medical scheme system. Perhaps respond a little bit to the normative framing of this, right? The normative understanding or at least justification of the NHI is this, that there is a disparity in medical resources and medical attention available for people in South Africa. If you are poor, you are likely to not be able to receive quality medical care. If you are not poor, if you're middle class or if you're upper middle class, if you're gainfully employed, you are likely to receive medical care in the private sector that is life-saving, that is quick responsive and that is in abundance of resources so to speak right and so it's quite literally a medical healthcare system in the country where the have-nots die and the haves remain alive if that is if it comes down to medical care and more than that the very specific disparity uh, the numbers are quite clear there are in, if we look at Gauteng for instance there are almost as many private uh, hospital beds uh, in Gauteng as there are public hospital beds in Gauteng. I think the difference there might be a thousand odd number of beds, but you're looking at 16,000 beds in the private, in the public sector, you're looking at 14 and a half, almost 15,000 beds in the private sector, right? But yet, if you look at the amount of people that access the private sector versus the public sector, those numbers are dramatically skewed, right? It's hundreds of thousands of people on the one hand, and it's millions of people 
on the other hand, if we respectively private and then public, right? If you talk about doctor to patient ratio, doctor to people ratio, um, the numbers remain skewed. There are only 4,000, there's only one doctor for every 4,000 people in the public healthcare system, while there's one doctor for for every 800 people in private healthcare. Uh, It's the same as for nurses and many other things. Sorry, can I interview? Yeah, when you consider... Sorry, I don't sorry, know where Alex. you're getting these numbers from. So it's it, much of the numbers, and I think it's important to note this, that the Department of Health has put out are grossly inaccurate. And the analyses that have been done on the resource disparities are, uh, are essentially distorted in order to create that kind of picture. So firstly, the issue is the poor performance of the public health system yeah. is not principally resource-driven. So there's a vast difference, for instance, in the performance of the Western Cape Department of Health relative to, say, the Gauteng Department of Health. And it's important to note that the Gauteng Department of Health employs around about uh, 78 to 80,000 people. It is the largest health system in Africa, and and it is appallingly run because of a failure of governance, Yeah. not because it is inadequately resourced. 60% 60% of all doctors, about 60 to 63% of all doctors are in the public sector. 70% of all the nurses are in the public sector. The, public, the resource disparities are deliberately overstated in order to create this misperception. There is no way that somehow all of these resources are going to be sort of spread and make any difference to the way in which healthcare is provided from a resource perspective as it is today. It is not feasible. It's not going to make any difference. Yeah. So the, the issue is that there is some presumption that somehow there's this hidden resource in the private sector that's somehow going to magically transform the availability of services across the country. And, and I think it's important to note, you've quoted those numbers. There is no study prepared by the National Department of Health, not a single study, not a financial feasibility analysis, not an analysis of the resource disparities. Right now, if you go to the Department of Health's website, and try and find a database of hospital beds in South Africa, public and private. You will not find it because it's not there. They don't publish the numbers of of healthcare providers uh, nationally. They don't provide the healthcare personnel information. That information is basically has to be extracted from the department to analyze. And the numbers are, uh, in terms of hospital beds nationally, it works out at around about, uh, around about sort of 90,000 public hospital beds that we have in the, uh, in the public sector versus around about 35,000 in the private sector. So the, this, those are hospital but, beds. Yeah. What, what, so what, that disparity, and it's important to note that from 1994, South African governments started to disinvest in public hospital services. Mm. It actually started with about 130,000 hospital beds in 1994, and it cut those. Yeah. So, the, so, the, so the, any disparity, certainly in the case of specialists, has largely occurred because there's no jobs for them. Yeah. Whatever the numbers may be, the principle, and again, the question is really largely about the normative principle here, and that is, the principle is that all medical resources in the country must be uh, available for all the citizens in the country equally. Um, we're not I'm in sorry, a system I'm, where that's the case. Sorry, that's the sorry question. Where, where, do you, where do you get that from? I'm sorry, that's not a general principle of equity. That's, that's, that that is the principle the, the, the NHI espouses for, at least. 
No, that's what it. That's what some people will state. That is not an underlying principle of the way you design health systems. It doesn't work like. What's that. the correct way of designing health systems? What you do is you distribute public resources equitably to ensure that people who cannot afford to access healthcare services are getting uh, an effective coverage. We have that. We're spending over 4.2% of GDP in the public sector. In the private sector, people are spending their own money over and above what they're contributing to taxes. Yeah. So it's important to note that for every per person, per medical scheme member, if you have to express it as a, as a beneficiary household, uh, the per member uh, tax contribution they pay into the uh, for people in the public sector works out at about twenty thousand rand per person per annum. Their expenditure on their own health care works out at about twenty four per annum. So twenty thousand rand they contribute over and above their own contribution, which mm. goes into the state services. So that is a principle. That is a principle of equity. They're contributing their own money to, this, uh, to them, their own coverage, which the state doesn't have to pay for. So these are how you design all social security systems, health systems, education systems, um, housing arrangements. We don't expect everybody to have the same house. We don't expect everybody to go to the same school. So the, if people are able to pay for private service and pay, pay their own funds and not state resources, then it's up to them. Unless there is a very clear harm that you generate, a social harm that occurs because you're funding your own, funding your own health care. In other words, you're taking something away from somebody else because you're spending money on yourself. Then you might have a public purpose in trying to say, we're going to restrict what you spend on yourself yeah. and force you to access another service. Now, there is no way that that arrangement can be shown because there's no way that there's a zero-sum game in terms of the way in which people are using healthcare resources. The only resources that you can ever spend are the ones that we raise from taxes in the public system. The NHI proposes to use general tax revenue to fund healthcare services. Then there's a structural limit to how much taxes can be raised because it is different to what people contribute toward the medical scheme. That's over and above what they pay in tax. What, what would be the difference in expenditure between what we spend as a proportion of, our fis, uh, uh, of the fiscus, uh, as, or even a, as a proportion of GDP, versus what NHI will cost? NHI has no cost. It's important to note that they actually don't have a fiscal framework. There's been no financial analysis at all. So essentially, there is no way of costing what is being proposed. What you've got, like what you, as what you said right at the beginning, the, the sort of the fancy health system that's proposed, everybody will have access to private health care. You want, you can't, Ooh, sorry. It's not possible. Sorry, Alex, can I just pause you there? Your line is a little bit choppy there. I'm going to okay. try and see if I can put you back so we can get you on a different line so that we can hear you clearly. It cuts in and out um, quite repeatedly there. I'm taking your reactions, give us a call, 86 086-000-2032. Give us a call if you want to uh, add your voice to this conversation. I'm taking your WhatsApp voice notes on 0614-104-107. We'd love to hear from you if you'd like to add your voice to this conversation. Um, Alex, do we have you back? Hopefully it's a lot more clearer. Seems like we don't have uh, Prof. Alex Funden here for back with us just yet. We're going to try and get him back on the line. Uh, let's take a break. On the other side of this, we continue the conversation. Night Talk with Oliver Dixon. 
You're listening to Night Talk. I'm in conversation with Professor Alex van den Heerfer of the Witz School of Governance, and we're talking NHI. Uh, Prof, before we lost you there, we, that you were responding to the question around the costing model in that NHI doesn't seem to have a costing model and there's no way of being able to cost um, it. If, if, if that's the case, how then are we able to, or how are the critics have been able to determine that it's unaffordable if they have not been able to cost it? Uh, because what they're doing is they're taking what you said at the beginning and applying that as a cost. I'm saying that what you said at the beginning, the way you framed the NHI proposals, as they have been told to the public, if you do that, if you actually cost what you said, yeah. then, then we're talking about 15 16% of GDP. That's just not feasible in South African context. It's not possible to create that, and we would never even be able to generate the healthcare resources on the supply side to actually support that framework. And that framework is not a priority in South Africa versus all the other social priorities. So the, uh, the, the logic doesn't make sense. What they're suggesting is that they will actually downgrade people's coverage on medical schemes in order to supplement what would be paid to the rest in the public sector. That is, a, is, is the equivalent of about a 10% and 10 to 15% increment on what is currently spent per person. Mm. Makes mm. no difference whatsoever. In, in terms of the current distribution, the current uh, roughly, seven, uh, roughly 7% of GDP that goes to medical schemes and the public sector. Mm. So you, you take that, I, add it all together I, I, and distribute it, and it makes virtually no difference yeah. to, the, uh, to the people dependent on the public sector services. And we won't be able to, and the private sector resources aren't going to flood into the public sector. And even if they did, it would make no difference. It's, uh, it's, the private sector is not big enough to make that much of a difference. Yeah, I, I, I really want to understand you correctly, and I don't want to be reductive, and neither do I want to uh, strawman uh, what you're saying here. Am I understanding you correctly that a NHI is not at all possible in South Africa? As proposed, it is. It is basically lost. Ooh, Alex, we Did lost you. you? you? So, sorry, we lost you there again. Can you just repeat that? Yeah, it is. It is completely unfeasible. There is that proposal from a financial and fiscal perspective cannot be realised in South Africa. Is and there it's important to note that there is no equivalent? You know, all health systems have what are called sort of they they um, involve a sort of heterogeneous design. They're all a, a mix of different kind of funding sources and arrangements, all developing countries, yeah, yeah. And, and a lot of industrialized countries as well. So it's only a, a very few that will look like they have a homogeneous system for everybody. And that's often where they have regulated healthcare private markets, such as the Netherlands or Belgium or Germany. But you don't find one system buying all the healthcare in a developing country, nowhere in the world. Yeah. It doesn't exist. Is there a version of an NHI that could work in South Africa? Uh, no, not one, not one fund that funds everything, not a one system, not an ESCOM yeah. that basically buys all the health care and prohibits all competition. That kind of model is not possible in South Africa, and it will really be uh, a, uh, it would down, if we tried it, it would downgrade the health system overall. Our system has to be developed on the basis of incrementally expanding our existing public system, transforming its governance yeah. structures, and, uh, and properly regulating the private sector so that the, it covers as many people as possible that can afford to contribute toward their own health care because we are not going to get that money into the tax system. 
Yeah. It's a completely different source of funding. It, it might be a different concept to kind of grasp generally, but there is a, it's a, com- 